Hi everybody, I'm Richard Conway. Welcome back to episode 2 of AMP, the podcast that showcases age group multi-sport athletes. in 2017 at our first race for GB, qualified to take part in the European Duathlon Championships in Soria, Spain. We've since kept in touch through multimedia, racing on Zwift, and we even went for a run when we were both on holiday in Lanzarote. We had the chance to meet up again this year when we both qualified again for this year's European Duathlon Championships, which took place in Punta Umbria, Spain. And we didn't realise at the time, but it was to be one of the last races to take place before the COVID virus took hold. I'll just say welcome along, Nick Price. Nice to see you. Um, Going to go through, you know, your background, you know, where you started from and how you got into duathlon and multi-sport. So, yeah, so I started... um... When I was in middle school, because I'm old enough to have been in middle school, so I was at middle school between the ages of 11 and 13. Um, and uh, when I was there, my mum often reminded me of the fact that my PE teacher said I'd never be any good at sport. Um, and I seem to recall in a dim and distant memory that that sort of um, got me dad, me mum trying to get me into doing more sport. And then when, when I went on to secondary school, one of my um, best mates, he entered one of the boxing competitions and I thought, there's no way I'm going to be a bloody boxer. So I thought I'll um, I'll go training with him. So me and Mark used to go out running um, most evenings really as a, as a thirteen, you know, around, around the streets of Harzone. And it sort of took off from there really. And I thought, you know what, I'm I'm reasonably half decent at this. So it started then doing some of the <coughs> excuse me, the school cross countries. Um and I mean the the, the, the level of competition in the school cross countries was quite high. But um had a disastrous first cross-country race where I actually came last. And I came last because I thought I was um, somewhere towards the lead because I'd, I'd lost a spike, lost one of my shoes, got redirected the wrong way. I thought I was in the lead and I just found out I had another lap to lose. That was a, like a disastrous one of my first cross-country <laughs> races. And then, uh, and then progressed on from there to, I was then going to college and doing reasonably okay then. And then joined Howard's Athletics Club when I was about 18 and 19. And that was... Well, I got a real interest from it, really. And um, did you do mainly and, track, or was it road, or was it just a mixture of everything? Well, when I was 18, I did the London Marathon. Right. Because at the time when, so that was 1988, that was at the time when uh, the London Marathon, as it is now, was just, was just massive, wasn't it? But I think because it was such a, a new thing, um, I managed to get an, an entry into that and did that when I was um, 18. Um, and then started running with our zone and started doing more track stuff really mm. um and it's one of these things isn't it you you always wonder what your best distance would be you know what 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 was the optimum distance that, that you're going to be so I'm ne- i'd never be a sprinter would i you know i'm i'm, I'm i started doing track and cross country um and then uh moved up to aberdeen um for five or six years up there and joined uh, metro aberdeen running club and that was really really good and then probably got into multi-sport just by a chance more than anything else. I started to, you know, as a, as a kid, you'd always cycle with me because you just cycled everywhere as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you, you cycled to school, 
um, yourself with your mates at the weekend. You just potted around on on you know you know your ruddy chopper, or your ruddy grifter was the, was the way that it went, yeah. wasn't it? And then, Remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> and that, well, that was that was it, wasn't it? You know, yeah. you had those little three on, on the ruddy grifter. I think you change the change gears. Um, Weren't they heavy bikes though, those grifters? Um, Oh, man. Do you remember? Yeah, they were, were like lead. I never had one. My mate had one, and it was like it was like a lump of lead. I remember trying to pick it up. It'd be surprised, wouldn't it, to see what the difference now between um, those bikes would have been. And then my first racing bike was a Coventry Eagle. Oh, right. Um, which was, and if you look at those on eBay now, they're going for several hundred pounds. You know, yeah. because they're obviously a, an in-demand old bike. Aren't yeah. they? Um, and yeah, so after sort of just cycling recreationally, really, um, bought myself a cheap road bike from Decathlon, stuck a set of tri bars on the front, and started doing a few duathlon. Um, and then it was at the Hereford Duathlon um, several years ago. How many years ago? That be probably four or five years. Yeah, I was going to say when was your when was your first sort of like race, and and what was it? So my first. Duathlon races would have been the Castle Coombe series down in um, down in Wiltshire. Yeah. So that was like a midweek series of races to do down in Wiltshire. I mean that, which is a heck of a long way to go from the West Midlands down to Wiltshire of an evening. But it's because they weren't, you know, it just wasn't as popular sort of six seven years ago. Yeah. Um, so it was sort of several laps around the track at uh, at uh, Castle Coombe and then on, on the bike, and likewise with the run around the perimeter. Um, and then after doing some of those, and then doing the one at Hereford, I thought I might be reasonably to be okay at this. And somebody at the Hereford one said, "Why don't you have a go at um, trying to qualify for Great Britain?" And it sort of all stemmed from there, really. And did you know anybody that had already sort of like qualified? Were you in a club at that point, or no, no, no? So by that time, it was um, I was li- then living over in Bridge North, which meant sadly I wasn't going over to Harzone as much to train. <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, so just had a look on the BTF website, looked at all the qualification criteria. I guess I did what everybody that gets into this sport does, is you start Googling athletes' names, don't you, to find it? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's quite funny because in my my first episode where I was telling you about my story, that's that's what yeah. I encourage people to do, to see what, you know, because at the, at the very outset, you want to know sort of like what level you need to be at on the, the running and the biking, don't you? To, to see if you've got a realistic chance of actually qualifying. Otherwise, you need to work yeah. and maybe try try the next year or maybe two years, you know. So that's exactly where I was at with that's it. it. You, just look, you look at people's times, you know, looked on um, the results from previous years and try to find them on the park and websites and uh, just think, actually, do, what, what chance do I stand of actually getting a qualification mm-hmm. place? And when you looked at it, I thought, yeah, with a bit of effort, this is um, this this is a this is a possibility. Mm. Um, so that would have been when would that have been? When did I qualify? I qualified in uh, twenty sixteen, didn't I? So that must have been summer autumn time twenty fifteen. Um, and set myself a, a reasonably ambitious training schedule. And did you um, your training schedule? Did you sort that out yourself, or have you been coached? No, I Other wasn't than the athletics, before. obviously. Yeah, so the athletics bit, the running bit, I had a pretty good idea of, of that. Um, and then sort of, um, I was cycling to work and back at the time. Um, so I tried to build it around 
um, that that was really handy, wasn't it? It was a really really easy way to keep fit. Yeah. Starting twenty miles each way to work and back um, three or four times a week at least was quite a good way to, to maintain a level of fitness. Um, and then realistically, what I ended up doing was just getting the turbo trainer and all the hard cycling sessions I just did on my turbo trainer, and then try to coincide that with you know longer rides at the weekends um, out on the road. Um, yeah, so did that over the winter, over the winter between February uh, uh, 15 to 16, and then qualified at Clumber Park in that spring, isn't it? I guess it's yeah, would have been March. It was March, wasn't it? Yeah, because I was there as well, actually. Yeah. I think we'd have been in different... Uh, we might age have raced. Grade. I don't know whether we'd have been in different age categories at that point. Once a bit, and then, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it could have been, couldn't we? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so qualified at Clumber Park, which is a... a Quite a tough course, isn't it? Because you've got that steep hill right at the start. Yeah. Um, and then back down the steep hill. Yeah. And then the, the, the bike leg was, was great. Yeah, by that time, I bought myself a, um, a proper TT bike. Got that, a second-hand one from a, a guy up um, Harrogate Way somewhere. I remember getting up late one night in the dark to go and pick it up. <laughs> and then, yeah. But that was also on the back of, you know, doing local time trials. By that yeah. point, I was doing some the clip on bars on my on my road but just um doing some local time trials. So have you have you yeah. ever like had any coaching at all? Have you have you are you in a I wouldn't say a tri club, but are you in a club that does multi sport at the moment? No, it's no, all it's all self no. self taught, self educated. Yeah. So where do you <laughs> yeah. tend to find find your resources from, you know, your um your plans and stuff? Um, so at the moment, so uh, online really, the various online apps. Yeah. Um, so Zwift and Sufferfest are probably the two ones that are used yeah. the most. I'm currently following a, a plan on Sufferfest, which is which is great. That's an absolute superb platform, really good, um, but difficult in that sense. So I think when when you when you enjoy sport, there's a sadistic enjoyment, isn't there, out of making yourself. Um, suffer some pain mm. um, and you get this almost whatever, whatever the sort of science is behind it the endorphin rush whatever you want to call it you, you get that incentive to just um, try a bit harder mm. um, but I am somebody that definitely needs to have a plan otherwise you just mill along day, not, not yeah. really doing very very much yeah I think um, we all we all tend to need some sort of goal don't we you know to a target to hit and this is why I think I mean, I love training anyway. To be fair, even if I wasn't, you know, going to go out and aim for a race, I'd still just go and train because I just love doing it. But yeah. I think this is where it's it's difficult now, isn't it? In the times we're at, because we it haven't is. got any goals, we don't know what what's going to no. happen in the future. It's just that's right. That's right. So if somebody said to you now, well, you know, um, the various multi-sport events would definitely definitely be back on in six months' time. You'd sit down with a pen and paper, wouldn't you? Or you yes. go online and you find yourself a six months training plan and you just tick away. And of course, in that six months training plan, you have various events to do, as like your, your B, you know, not your A race, but your B race events to do in the meantime. Mm. And I think that, that is a challenge for people at the moment. And, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of stuff that you can do in the meantime to sort of get, get you there. But it is, it is a challenge. Yeah. So, do you, um, when you look at these plans, I mean, Zwift, it, it, it's excellent, I know, because obviously I use it, and you can use, you know, it's got Olympic distances for triathlons and stuff, yeah, and yeah. all these all these different plans on there. Do you sit down at the beginning of the year, or later, 
back end of the year because obviously duathlons like start start March, don't they? So it can be quite a long season if you think about it. Do you sit down and plan out what you're going to do over the year or is it just sort of like ad hoc and... Yeah, so it's 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 probably probably not as structured as that. I don't think. I think there are um, ordinarily without what's going on at the minute going on. There are, there are a few races each year that I that I really like to do. Um, so the start of the year is the Hedeford. There's any of the qualifying races for Great Britain usually sort of springs and minor. So mm. I'll take a look at what that. Um, I really enjoy the Hedeford duathlon, which is April. Um, Still in the Castle, which is over in Ludlow, and that's meant to be it's it's build. One of the many are, aren't they? Build is one of the toughest duathlons in, in the country, and that's fantastic. The backdrop is you, you finish um, inside Ludlow Castle, um, and it's a really, really tough, really, really tough run. You go up this thing called the Lactic Ladder several times on each on each lap of the run, which is just a steep um, off-road set of steps um, that are just hell basically just absolutely hell and then coming down off uh, off the top of Ludlow coming after is even worse than that because your legs are just absolutely shot to pieces so those are sort of springtime races um then there's the Chester Half Marathon that Kirsty and I do in in May um and then realistically then over the summer it's um just training for the like Vermi Half Marathon in in September mm. um and and yeah so and then you, you by the time that's Done. You're into the winter, aren't you? You're just trying to keep reasonably, reasonably fit over, over the winter yeah. months, yeah. Um, and, and trying to find out where the races might be out and about at the time. Yeah. yeah. So going back to the qualification, your first qualification, um, it was Soria. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That was your first. Yeah, we, we both did that one. We both qualified for that one together. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking about. We actually, before we even met, we got to sort of like know each other quite well because you organised the hoodies, didn't you? Because we couldn't get any GB kit. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost got disqualified. I was in a real panic about that because um, that's right, we were trying to organise some unofficial merchandise, weren't we? So, <laughs> so through the Facebook group, we were sort of trying to work out a cheaper alternative. Um, so, yeah, so I managed to get some kit lined up. And then I had an email off um, of British Tri saying, well, you shouldn't really be doing that. So I ended up, ended up having to speak to them thinking, please don't disqualify me before <laughs> I even got there. Which had a paragraph and the number of lots from, from British Triathlon. Yeah. yeah, but that, that was a good event, wasn't it? If you remember, the weather was awful. It was, it was just, terrible. I, I remember we finished and the standard was starting and the poor beggars there, they got snow, I believe, when we were sat watching. Yeah. When we we got we stayed out of the centre of Surrey. We were about um, a 40, 45 minute drive in this lovely little um, tiny, tiny little village. And when we got there late on the whichever evening it was, a few days before, I remember looking out of the window, and it had snowed. Yeah, there, there was snow on the of the barns opposite. You know, um, mm. it was it was freezing cold. Yeah. I remember then driving back, stopping at a petrol station. When the standard athletes were going out, and it was just blowing a gun, and it was horribly cold. Either weekend of that, the weather was great, but yeah, tremendous. <laughs> well, I remember because we went over a viaduct on the on the bike course, and I remember I, I had the That's the deep it. rims rims on the bike, and I nearly got blew off because it was that gusty. Yeah. You know, it was it was, I was I was shaking up a bit to be honest, but uh, no, other than that, it was a it was a really good event, a really good course. Um, I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, enjoyed, enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good. Yeah, that was a really good course, wasn't it? Even though there was a, 
it was a long down I wasn't then a long up hill and then switch back turn around and come back down the other way that was yeah. a good course the run course was good as well around the uh, so it's into the park wasn't it so it's zigzagging right. up and down various little avenues in the park that was mm. really good good for the really, spectators really it was wasn't it it was wasn't it yeah so yeah. after after sorry the sorry experience you got the you got the bug for it and what was the um, yes, what was the story yes. after that then? Yeah, so after that, um, so I mean, I got I'd got to Sri Lanka and then um, then sort of concentrating more on sort of domestic stuff really. Um, tried to qualify again the following year at um, at, at Crumber Park again, but by that point, I think with the accidents that I'd had, I was a bit um, I'd lost some confidence really on the bike. So I think after that, it was just a matter of just trying to, to do a few competitions just to just to get myself back into that world of, of multi-sports events more than anything else um, and then yeah that was at probably Plumber Park was the first one after that and that was a disaster because I'd, I'd lost my rice belt before the start and um, oh. <laughs> yeah I've got yeah so about oh crikey I thought it was like I put my bike in transition uh, gone back, had a bit of a jog around, got back to Kirsty um, and said, right, can I have my race number? She went, I haven't got it. And I said, no, you've, you've got it. She said, no, no, I haven't got it. You must have taken it with you when you're out running. And I was like, I haven't, I haven't got it. I haven't got it. And whatever time we were going off, half past eight or something, this was sort of this was sort of five past ten, past eight by now. And, um, and I hadn't got it. Kirsty hadn't got it. I had to go back into transition to see if I left it down by the bike. It wasn't there. Race back to the car. Um, just on the on the grass field, eight hundred meters, wherever it was, away, right over the locker lunatic to empty the car. And why is it that all your, all your kit is always black, isn't it? You just got like a whole car yeah. full of um, black kit. Couldn't yeah. find a rice belt. Right next to me, didn't have a spare one. Rice back. Unfortunately, there was um, there was a little store selling kit, and this, I said, ran up to this guy in, in running this store and said, "Have you got a rice belt?" He said, "Yeah, yeah." And uh, he said, well, there are 10, and I haven't, got, I haven't got any money. I've got no money in the morale. I'm due to go for like three minutes to go. And he said, promise you'll come back. I said, yeah, I'll come back. So I managed to scrounge a race belt off this guy and literally ran through to the uh, to the starting pen and through to the start with, with seconds to go. Yeah. And needless to say, I went off like an absolute rocket. So I was pumped full of adrenaline all excitement. Yeah, yeah. good warm-up. <laughs> and then, yeah, good warm-up. <laughs> and then uh, heading off and turning left over that, that bridge and up that hill. And thinking, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a particularly good idea to go off that fast. That would be a, bit of a disastrous run. Yeah, but yeah. So that, what was that our was, qualification um, for then? Which race was that? I can't really remember. That 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 would have been, wouldn't it? So that would have been Ibiza. That would have ah, been qualifying right. for Ibiza. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't. So that would have, that was a qualification race for Ibiza that I didn't I didn't manage to get qualification for. Um, the famous the famous then, Ibiza transition on the beach. How fortunate we were. Well, I know you can't believe it, can you? So I think we got back home. We flew home on the Tuesday. Um, yeah, we flew home on the Tuesday, and I think they stopped flights in and out of Spain on the Thursday. Yeah, yeah, very, very um, lucky to be able to compete. I think. Yeah, and it was just—it was great, wasn't it? The weather was absolutely fantastic. We were, we were lucky with the weather. 
the venue was was great. Mm. The, um, the the, the organisation I thought was. I mean, you've done more of these things than I've done, so you'll know more than me. But I thought the organisation was was fantastic. Yeah. It was really really good. Um, the venue was great, and you just you just get that. Um, I've often described it as it's like a park run, but running compared to your country. Mm. That, that it's you know it's it's such a welcoming friendly um, atmosphere of people willing to um, to help. Um, and I was saying this to the team manager um, just before the what's the name of our team manager? Rosemary. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, can't can't remember. I'll Google it while we're chatting. I can't um, not Glenn Bevins, is it Kevin? Kevin Orchard, is it? I thought it was Glenn. Was it not Glenn this year? Uh, I'm not sure. I was first chatting to him um, before, and he said exactly the same. Now he said he just does it because of the the enjoyment and the passion that people have and the gratitude that people show. And um, there was there were a few people there that were new to it, and were as I was the first time I'd done it, really anxious and not knowing what to do. Mm. But there's 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 tons of people that aren't there. Anybody will lend a hand. Yeah. Okay, so all yeah, those messages on Facebook in the few days before saying I've, I've, I've lost my inner tube, I've got a puncture, yeah. my rear mech's dropped off. Um, anybody got some? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> There's always lots of lots of events and issues, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Um, exploding tires, whatever it was on the morning. Some somebody's tire popped off the rim on the morning of, of the race in the department next to us. Yeah. But there's always help, isn't there? You know, and um, yeah. I don't think you really get that in a lot of other. In a lot of other sports, no, no. and it's, it's so anybody that's thinking of doing it, I would strongly encourage them to, to, to give it a bash. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic, worthwhile thing to do. If you just do it once, mm. you never do it again. I would certainly give yourself a go at doing it. I think it's just once you've had the once you've had the sort of got the bug, though, it's just something for me anyway. I just want to keep trying. To, to qualify and you know we, we we see it as a holiday so if there's somewhere where we want to go we'll try and qualify for it and use it. use it as a holiday as well exactly, yeah, yeah that's exactly I mean Hunter and Beard it, it was ridiculously surreal to think that we competed in the morning and so the race would have been over and done by whatever time it was mid-morning um, walked back to the apartments and then made ourselves some lunch <coughs> walked across the um, apartment block and sat up on the beach having sandwiches, crisps, and a bottle of beer. <laughs> yeah, we were the same. We we found a little restaurant on the beach that we'd been to the day before, and yeah. um, sat and sat and had a meal and a glass of wine, you know, or a bottle to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's great. It, they, they just are great events. Um, so, so what's your favourite part of multi-sport then? What what do you enjoy the most? Um, I, I, it's probably a, if I, it's difficult to pick one thing. I think the the um, I think because it's hard. I think I, I like it because it's it's it, 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 I like that challenge. I, I really enjoy that that um, that challenge and being able to. So my, my background is primarily running. Um, now whether I'd have been a better cyclist than I am a runner if I'd have taken up cycling a bit earlier, you never know, do you? So um, I, I really like that that the fact that it is multi-sport mm. you know and you can you can try and devote a bit of time to saying um i'll try and be a better runner and maybe sacrifice the cycling because that may or may not be your stronger discipline um so i i, I like looking at 
that. I love from from a cycling perspective. I get quite obsessed with the the geekiness, if you like, of cycling. About trying to just get free speed, basically, can't you? By looking at you know the, the more aerodynamic position you yeah. can get on the bike, yeah. Yeah. a bit more kit. Um, you know, <laughs> who doesn't like a, a bit more kit? Who doesn't like a bit more kit? So hints and tips for anybody, any multi-sporter listening that haven't qualified but would probably like to. What what would you um, you know what would you advise that they do? I, I think for hints and tips. I think um, believe in yourself. I think I think that is definitely the, the, one of the one of the key things. I think if you're going into this. Um, thinking that you might not be able to do it. I'd, I'd strongly advise people to honestly have a look at some of the previous results and think that that might be achievable without a doubt. Um, you know, there are, what, there's 20, 20 places per agri partner. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's, you know, it's for, for somebody off a, a reasonable sporting background, I think that is doable. I think if you're coming from one, if you, if you have a preference for one discipline, and the other, then definitely don't be put off by that. If you're a cyclist and you don't particularly run, you know that, that I think you'll find that the, the ability to do to do both not that difficult. And likewise, if you're a runner and you never cycle, then give the cycling a go. Mm. Um, definitely, definitely find um, other like-minded people to, to do it with. Um, you know, through through a local club um, or through through whichever. Facebook group or everyone we just to get some encouragement um, and follow follow a plan definitely definitely have a have a plan to try and do it because if anything like me if you haven't got a plan you just end up I could become quite you know lethargic without having a training plan but I think it, it, it's doable you know and don't get put off by I remember when when don't get put off by what other people have got in terms of kit and gear um, you know I remember when I first started doing it and I, you know you're surrounded by people with massively expensive bikes and kit you can get quite um uh, certainly for me i was quite worried by that um but it doesn't make a difference does it you know whilst you can buy speed you still got to be fit enough to be able to do it That's so absolutely right yeah yeah don't get by the people having you know fancy tt bikes and disc wheels on the back and deep section wheels and all this sort of nonsense because you still got you know, like i always say to me cyclists you still got to turn the pedals you're sitting on the bike, aren't you? You know, so yeah. all those bits definitely help. Um, yeah, so believe in yourself and give it a go. Good. Yeah. Wise words. Wise words. You, you just mentioned there about sort of like resources and plans and things. So I know we've talked about you've had, you've had you've used plans and obviously use Wift and Sufferist. Um, so what other yeah. resources and um, things that do you use like you know and where are they and how could people find them um the other resources um i've got my garmin yeah <laughs> around there yeah so i mean that's that's a good thing isn't it you know and i think you can you know you can you can definitely through um other bits and pieces on, on online, you know, looking at, um, there's various things on YouTube, aren't there? Stuff like this, you know, YouTube channels and various podcasts to, to, to give people some, some stuff. Um, a lot of online platforms now have got things like this where they give um, video tutorials. Um, so that that's really, really good. 
Um, Anything specific? Yeah, but, um, the one I sometimes have a look at is triathlon Taron. He's quite. He's quite oh, on yeah. YouTube. That's quite. Yeah. Can, he, Canadian guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He's quite good. Into, yeah. Um, so that, that that that's quite a good one. Um, and and the British triathlon website has got. It's one of these things. I might be able to start to do it now. I've got a bit bit more time on my hands, maybe. But um, the British Triathlon website has got tons of resources on there. When you actually sort of delve into that, and the the, the amount of stuff they've got on there is 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 quite surprising. You know, in terms of what they've got as a, as a as for free basically as, as, yeah. as a member on there. Yeah. Just have a look on there. That's um. So that's another good resource. And then I think there's also something else about um, one of my old uh, running mates, Billy Knock, um, who's fantastic runner, run, run for England, um, and he's a top, top athlete. Um, and he very rarely trains with a watch. He very rarely trains with any anything at all. And I, I, and I bet I've seen it for ages, but I bet he doesn't have a GPS watch. He just he just runs on feel. Mm. So I think whilst we have all of these things that can tell us what our minute per mile or minute per kilometre pace is when we're out training and you get obsessed when you go segment hunting on Strava mm. or you look at how many watts you've done when you've done your bike ride, there's absolutely something to just sometimes just run or cycle mm. without looking at any of that information yeah. and um, just go out there and enjoy it. And I've always said to, to my kids and to everybody that, the thing that I just enjoy sport, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I enjoy, I love running and I love cycling and being outdoors. Um, the fact that I'm half decent at it is an absolute bonus. I'd, I'd absolutely sacrifice any kind of, you know, club level success for, for wanting to enjoy it. If I had to choose enjoyment over success, I'd choose enjoyment yeah. in any day of the week, yeah. you know, without a shadow of a doubt. Because, yeah. you know, if you think about when we were in Punta and Bria, we, we didn't win any medals. Not, not, you know, we were wherever, wherever it was where we finished was wherever we were. But I, I, I massively enjoyed that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if I been first in your age group, but you wouldn't enjoy it as much, yeah. I'd, I'd have sacrificed first in my age group for having the enjoyment I had from it. So yeah, and just just enjoy it. It's probably the biggest thing. Just make sure you enjoy it. Excellent. Yeah, that's that's good advice. Good advice. So finally. Favorite, I know you've met, just mentioned the Garmin watch, but what's your favourite piece of equipment and why? Oh. <laughs> favourite bit of equipment. Um, let's think of something that's not data related then. It could be anything. Uh, I've a bit of kit. Yeah. Got to be my night vaporfly running shoes. Right. Be those. Are they the 0% <laughs> or the 4%? Yeah, they're 4% plus. 4 yeah. plus. Whatever they're oh, the, next, the next percent, aren't they? No, you've that's got the 4%, next percent. Then you've got the one which gives you a fraction, a fraction more advantage. So I, so I bought into the hype of those. Um, and that's <laughs> really good. But of course, now, we've, now everyone's got them. Yeah. Any advantage that you might have got, he's, yeah. he's, he's not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they look pretty cool as well. We we were trying to get hold of a pair because um, they're, releasing, they're releasing some new ones and. The, I don't know whether it's because of the current times at the moment, but they're um, just keep saying coming soon on the website. So, but when yeah, when they come out, we're gonna. I nearly bought a pair. I was I was so close, and then I, I decided that 
I got I went for the Hoka Carbon instead because I was only going to use them for like a long running shoe. So I decided I'd go for the Hoka yeah. Carbon, which is a similar sort of thing, but half the price. Um, but I think when the when the others come back in stock, we'll um, we'll we'll punt for a pair and see what see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, but that's yeah. So I, mean, I, 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 I love data, so I love all my sort of techno stuff and all that. My power meters, my bars, I'm like, well, that's sort of good things. Yeah. But sometimes, like I was saying, it's just good to just go back to basics, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, I've still got I've, I've still got running t-shirts when I was 17, 18. Yeah, and I think you know, what, so I'm still, what I'm still wearing kids. Yeah, what more of a perfect opportunity at the moment to go out and just run, you know, because you're not training for anything. I'll go out and just just cycle. And me and Kate were out this morning, and we went out for an hour and fifteen minutes around just local, you know. Kirsty and I will often, um, if we're on holiday, we'll just do run walks, you know. So we'll just go for a, a stick of rucksack on our back and just stick some water in that and a bit of food, and then you'll run a mile, walk a mile, run a mile, walk a mile. And it's yeah. a fantastic way to cover a fair amount of distance, yeah. you know, to, to and have a pleasant. Bit of, bit of uh, fitness and activity into it. Cool. Well, thank you ever so much for being the first um, first guest on this. Oh, this, this... Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're the first yeah. first one. Yeah. Um... He's out my uh, my black crunchy twang. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's any worse than my than my my accent. To be honest, it's really weird listening to yourself on uh, you yeah. know and trying to get. Trying to get oh cringe cringeworthy, but no, um yeah. So thanks thanks for for doing this. Um, again, it's it's just it's just for a bit of fun and filling my time. So where so where where is it? Which um, platform is it going to be on then? It's already well. The first one's already out because I, I did myself to begin with. Just I, I, saw, I saw the trailer, but when I clicked on play, it didn't yeah. play. That's probably because I was trying to play it through Facebook. So is it on? So if you Spotify, you, Spotify it's on uh, iTunes and several of the others. No. Um, but yeah, yeah so the trailer's on there. Episode one's now out and on there, Excellent. and that's just basically me talking about my experiences and stuff. Um, oh, okay. And then you, you're the you're the second second episode proper, if you like. Um, so yeah, so thank you ever so much. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, we never uh, mentioned like we never mentioned about your we never talked about your duathlons that you're doing on Zwift, did we? How did that come about? It's a bit like I guess you doing something like this, isn't it? You know, it's just um, just a bit of harmless fun, people with with. Need to try and get that race booking. Just um, sticking a few events on once, once, once a week into on a Saturday. Um, trying to keep to our allowed out of the house once and um, a, a running event and then a, a Zwift event and that's got some interest, hasn't it? Just a bit of a motivation for people, really. Yeah. Um, how many people have you got? Then, or how many people did you start start doing? And how many have you got now? Has there has there been a, a, a big uh, uptake? Or? There's 160 people in the Facebook group um, and then each weekend there's usually around about 12 or 15 people end up doing it yeah. um, and which is fine isn't it you know, and it doesn't matter whether there's 5 or 105 yeah. you know if people are enjoying it and having a bit of fun doing it yeah. um, and Andy Biggs yesterday he put a video up of him he managed to salvage all of his um, out of his garage he got all of his tri-clubs um, banners so he'd set himself up in his um, up in his garage or wherever he was, where he's got his bike. He got his own uh, checking desk. Um, <laughs> man, 
next yeah. to his next to his dining table, garage in his table, wherever it was, and uh, he did a little video of that. Yeah, it's just that. a bit of fun, isn't it? Like, give, give people a, a bit of incentive just to um, do something where you feel like you're having a bit of a, a bit of a blowout on a Saturday morning. Yeah, no, I think fun. it was. Um... Fantastic idea, you know, really, really inspiring to get, you know, to get people still together. Well, I mean, it stemmed from the ride you were doing, wasn't it? You know, and it, get people was, together. Yes, the ride leading up to the event, then we had a, a social ride last week, and that was on a, a, that was on Zoom, wasn't it? On yeah. a, a little video thing, and that was really nice, you know, being able to, to see people and have a chat and a bit of banter and a bit of a laugh. Um, you know, and I think that's what we were saying earlier about anybody who, who's interested in doing it. It's, it can be quite daunting, I think, can't it? Um, when you're not involved in a sport at whatever level it is, that you think it might be a bit elitist, you know, whatever that sport might be, you know. Um, yeah. And um, it can be. It, I think some people can be really concerned about that, but it, but it, it really isn't. I'm, I'm yet to find anybody that I've um, competed with or chatted to or um, shared some time with in, in running or cycling. That is in the slightest bit elitist. I, mm. I, I, I just don't think that's the case, and that's that goes from people competing to spectators to the officials and the marshals who give up all of their free time to help. It's it's genuinely not. So I think if anybody's seen them doing it and think they're not, one well, if they're not going to be good enough, then I'm sure they will be. And if they think they're not going to fit in, it's a bit elitist. It, it, it definitely isn't. There's a whole mix of people out there from um, a whole mix of backgrounds who yeah. are doing it for all different sorts of reasons. Yeah. And yes, there's people doing it because they want to be competitive, they want to win. And there's other people who are doing it just just because it's it's a bit of fun, you know. And it's it's it is it's really good. Yeah, brilliant. Well, again, thanks thanks ever so much. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye. Go. Bye. What a nice bloke Nick is. I would recommend following Nick on Facebook and having a go at his uh, virtual duathlons he organises on Zwift, which take place on a Saturday morning between 10 and 12, and go and find his Facebook page, The Virtual Duathlon, and have a go. So that's the second episode done. If you enjoyed it, spread the word in our multi-sport community and let people know about AMP. Please subscribe, rate and comment on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And you can find us on Twitter at AMP, Instagram at AMP underscore 1967 and Facebook at AMPGB. And you can also email us agegroupmultisportpodcast at gmail.com. All lowercase. It's for multisport athletes, by multisport athletes. Stay safe, keep training, love the process and we'll see you next time.